I'm Lauren. And I'm Annie. Welcome, Welcome to, to Burf Barf. Barf. <laughs> Woohoo! Yo! Hi, guys. Uh, so we are back from another great adventure. Great adventure? Yeah. 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 Would you still call it that? I would still... It... It doesn't uh, give it a qualifier. It was, in fact, a great, great adventure, adventure of yeah. what flavor is yet to be determined. But before we get into our greatest adventure, we should uh, shout out a calendar a calendar event that is a great adventure, and that's Bushwhack! Woohoo! An introduction to adventure racing for women. An introduction for women to adventure racing. <laughs> I never know on the grammar and that kind of stuff. Anyways, uh, we've put this on our social media as well as the retreat at Willow Creek. So Bushwhack will be held on August 12th. August 12th? 11th. The weekend of August 12th. 11th, 12th, and morning of the 13th. And it will be formatted like last year where we will give you like a 101 overview of all things adventure racing and get you psyched and prepared to sign up for your first adventure race. The only thing that is required of you in order to participate is your desire. That's it. Yes. Um, also, if there if uh, finances are a barrier for you, please um, reach out to us or uh, the host for the event on Eventbrite. That's Jessica Koppelwitz, um, who owns the retreat at Willow Creek. So we do have a scholarship available um, and just want to make sure that everyone who wants to get there can get there. We have some new and exciting changes on the land this year that we won't share with you yet. But if you do join us and you joined us last year, you will notice that we have some new trails, some new places mm-hmm. to hang out, mm-hmm. maybe a new little fire spot. Yeah, adding a mountain biking element this year for complete introduction. So even if you haven't been on a mountain bike or a bike before or, you know, it's mm-hmm. been years, we've got you covered on that too. Absolutely. I'm bushwhack! Very- bushwhack! <laughs> because bush... <laughs> somebody was like did you realize i was like yes yeah 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 we did it on purpose do, do you, you realize that we only make gross jokes on this show <laughs> that bush is another word for pubes <laughs> <laughs> i like how you always just take it all the way to the thing all the way there and then like two more and then you stare at the person in their eyes mm-hmm, like and then i'm doing now hold hold it in their face uh-huh. Yeah. I'm like a dog that brings you a dead animal. <laughs> <laughs> Phoebe Bridger sings about that all the time, and so oh. I have that on my mind. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very in sync. All right, to our great adventure. To our great adventure. I You always want to start in a much earlier place than the thing, so I'm just going to let you kick us off, and I'll just jump so in. So 60 days. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's true, though. <laughs> well, I think it's good to be a combination of both things, linear and non-linear. I don't know. Mm-hmm. non-linear and non-linear uh where would i start i would start at, start at like race morning i mean oh really okay yeah, i think so so we returned to bentonville arkansas which we can't seem to stay away from despite it trying to keep me away <laughs> <laughs> it really seems to want to somehow like kill mi- annie mr magoo end annie's life um uh, although in this scenario she actually uh Walks through the glass and the truck full of chickens. Like, it, it is dr- definitely trying to kill her. Yeah. So we went back to rule of three. We went to rule of three for the first time. We've been told on many occasions to do this race. And uh, we knew about it because when we first went to Bentonville last year for my 40th birthday, we were at a pizza shop. We saw a girl who looked maybe a little bit uh, covered in mud and uh, happy and exhausted. 
And did she engage with us or did we ask her a question? Uh, I think we were pretty like bubbly about everything at that point because mm-hmm. we were falling in love with Bentonville. So mm-hmm. I'm sure that we harassed her. Our dear, dear now friend Morgan. Yeah, we love her a lot. Um, and she told us she had just done this race, which is uh, like a, a strange combination of disciplines. And I've really not heard of another race like it. You can do a 50 mile or you can do a 100 mile and it is... Uh, road, gravel, and mountain biking single track, and you choose the bike that you feel is right. We, I, I did not see any road bikes at all. Saw some uh, hardtails, saw some full squish, saw mostly brand new fucking gravel bikes like built for the job. I used a over ten year old Focus uh, all carbon cyclocross bike, which I had re sort of reset up for a better ratio That's wild to me which the, it meant absolutely no difference for me it was basically a difference between like violently humping a bike up a hill and like being able to sort of pedal and that's the only difference it gave me please talk about your brakes <laughs> fuck you and i will uh so i still i'm still rocking cannies i have cantilever brakes and i i was positively the only person at the race with cantilever brakes I'm not a bike snob in any way, and I feel like I don't I don't know much about like bikes mechanically. But even I can see that that was a unique vintage choice. It yeah. was bold. It's such a shame because I bought this bike for so much money, never used it, raced on it maybe once, and then tried to sell it, and then just decided to leave it in my garage for the last decade. And it's a nice ass bike, but yeah, cantilevers is basically like you sneeze or look at it wrong, and it's just rubbing your your yeah. wheel. Um, luckily I had no problems with it other than just a bitch load of flats, but we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, I took my entry level specialized diverge gravel bike and put on, uh, (laughs) essentially what the rule of three Instagram community, uh, recommended to get, which was the Pirelli 45 with gravel M tires. I think that I got it right. right. They're pretty gnarly looking tires, and uh, my bike can have that width of tire, which is nice. I don't know what I'm talking about. So no, that's yeah, you just, do. That's just like you did. the bare minimum. So, uh, yeah, so I was on a gravel bike. You were on a modified cross bike. Yeah, with 40s, which ended up being totally fine. Yeah, cool. Uh, and then our friend Amanda was on a borrowed, super slick ass, state of the art gravel yeah, bike. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Doug. Thanks, Doug. Doug just continues to be the best gear supporter person ever for Amanda, and we appreciate it because we it gets it gets our friend our friend to hang out with us even more, which Absolutely. I really love. Um, but yeah, rule of three—that's the race format. The we originally signed up to do the hundred. We ended up bumping down to the fifty, which was the fucking move because it turns out like if you want to have a good time, you do the fifty. Yeah. If you want to punch yourself in the face and miss everything, you do the hundred. I'm so glad I talked us out of this. I thought I was really disappointing everyone by saying let's do the fifty. It. I just feel like all Burf Barf ever does is the hardest version of a thing. Yeah. No matter what. And I'm I've become accustomed to coming in when like the when the race arch is deflating. Yes. And I really knew in advance that this was a party. The same guy that hosts this race, Andy Chastine, uh, is also the race director for Horseshoe Hell, which is a 24-hour climbing experience, um, kind of race, kind of rave. And we had gleaned that vibe from Instagram and thought, oh, yeah, shit, yeah, this is our people. Like, 
they really make a big deal out of focusing on community and having it be less douchey, like very specifically in culture and tone, like don't be a race douche. Come drink a beer and have fun, you idiot. Yeah, there's no race money. <laughs> no. There's a lot of special award categories that have nothing to do with time, which is cool. Mm-hmm. And I will say, j- just because I think it's worth calling out for people looking to do this race, you said you're used to coming in when the race is deflated. The rule of three does not deflate the race the race arch for they anyone. did not. That party went on so long. Also, I think, I mean, every the full experience, including the announcer, was there until the last finisher, which I think was 10.30 p.m. No way. I didn't yes. know that. Yeah. Oh. Johnny, Johnny was still there when the last finisher came through, the guy who it was his first hundred. That's amazing. What dedication. That's truly lovely. I really, I really like the vibes. So... To match the vibes, we decided we had to come in, in like the best costumes we could come yeah, up with. Because teams are encouraged to dress in costumes. Also, side note: the fifty-mile course ended up being forty-four, which kind of ended up just being the gift that kept on giving. I think at first it was like, "Oh, we're doing the fifty, not the hundred. That sucks." Wait, no, it doesn't. It was like, "Oh, the fifty-mile course is forty-four, not fifty. That sucks." Oh, wait, no, it doesn't. It wasn't nothing. No, no, no. <laughs> it wasn't nothing. Um. So we came and like yeah, it took eight- blood from me. <laughs> yes, it did. It did. Uh, we came in like eight, 80s workout girl gear, uh, much to the chagrin of our dear Amanda Boli, who was a real trooper and put on some shorts that her butt accidentally <laughs> ate. <laughs> yeah, they started as like uh, like late 80s, early 90s, Saved by the Bell theme print shorts that turned into panties. <laughs> she ripped the sleeves off of her windbreaker and her butt ate her shorts. She was barely wearing clothes. I had a hot pink thong on uh-huh. and leg warmers that got shredded in one of my gears, and so they were fully off my knees. Yeah, I had a hot pink leopard uh, rainbow print uh leotard over like paint pastel paint splatter leggings so yeah so much material in everyone's butts i also did the rest of the race with your blood on me yeah oh spoiler yeah (laughs) i think people probably know i started my period no (laughs) i mean i have done races where i've ended up with your period of blood on me probably like between bfc and not your mama's one of those two races i had blood yeah until i got an iud i was just covering everything with blood. you were you really were it was shocking i hope this is your first time listening to god this i fucking hope you just joined us for this we've already gotten to the mud and blood part <sighs> and now you know my birth control practice <laughs> yeah i used to feel really bad for you yeah yeah it was terrible yeah anyways um uh so yeah, we started for the show, the start of the race through like a beautiful meadow. Oh, and we're we're there with um uh, the all bodies on bikes team of three. Yeah, uh, which was dope because we just freaking adore those people. Yeah, Marley Blonsky's, who's the the founder of All Bodies on Bikes, is just a really fucking cool person, and just uh continues to lead the way in ensuring that everybody can get on a bike yeah like yeah she's just fucking amazing i just love her i I just she just brings the fun too yeah and so many cool like and i haven't done like any i've done 
one other bike race and it was a uh, death march which is kind of not a bike neither race. one of these are bike races yeah so one of the things that i really liked is the teams had a staggered start by one minute so there was no like giant pack taking off from the start line it just felt really comfy and fun it was because going to the start line of a bike race is up there with my like the greatest fears of my life. Yeah. It's very scary. Yeah. And people are out for blood and they don't care if you die. Yeah. <laughs> they don't care if your arms get ripped off because they're going to make the whole shot. So like, you know, we're, uh, so compare that to our start line experience, which is bullshitting with Johnny and you coming up with your nickname from Johnny before we started the race, <laughs> which was. I think it was Crispy Tits. It was Crispy Tits. Yeah. I don't even remember how we landed on it's that, because but it fits. It was a really low, scoopy leotard, and I had put sunscreen everywhere else, and I was like, oh, shit. Fuck, it's too late. I'm just going to be Crispy Titties. And he was like, that's your new name. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we started out. You have to have the route um, in your bike computer or your phone or whatever would have been helpful if we had all had that loaded yeah up. so that's like a that's like i a, think you guys loaded it at the last second did you not as we were going to so the start i had the one before because they reversed the route the night before mm. in order to put the single track in the in the earlier part of the course so as to earlier part yes the earlier part there was something about bottlenecks that they were worried about and so they had reversed the course the night before so i had preloaded the previous course you know, two weeks earlier, and then I was like, oh, shit, they reversed the course. I got to re... <laughs> I'm not data. calling you out. I'm calling me out. Oh, yeah. We know. We we know now, like, what yeah, to do. But we do. So we went through these beautiful meadows. We did a little bit of gravel climbing, which we've really become accustomed to after Ozarks. It was beautiful. We were having a, a blast, like, right from the beginning. Yeah, oh, yeah. And so this course is sprinkled with random, very silly challenges. Also know that we drank two beers before we started. Mm-hmm. Just FYI. And a shot? Maybe a beer and a shot. Not two beers and a shot. We had a couple drinks before. And we were handing out. We all had fanny packs full of like individual booze shots we were just giving out to everyone. And almost no one was saying no. <laughs> uh, Annie and I made it to one of the... And Amanda made it to one of the stations where Annie and I had to eat a fruit by the foot like Lady in the Tramp. Yeah. At like an old timey Italian table with like the old timey Italian tablecloth. Yeah. It was very cute. Uh, we were very fast about it. And then I think we did a birthday chug because someone had a sign that just said happy birthday, but it was yes. just like a joke, like for yeah. anyone. And they were like, certainly it's somebody's birthday. And we're like, yeah, it's Lauren's, it's Lauren's yeah. birthday. <laughs> Mine. So we drank and then I, I met that guy, Michael, I think, who was there with a group and his girlfriend and we ended up. He ended up showing up later, which is interesting now that I look back on it. More about that later. Yeah. So I think by the time we got to Lady and the Tramp, we had done some, we had done a lot of single track. We had done single track by then. So the majority of the single track was in the beginning of the race and we got to do some of the back 40, which is, it's always funny because it's weird to be like, we did back 40 for Lauren's 40th birthday last year. We did back 40 as part of Expedition Ozark. Mm -hmm. To be on the back 40 for all these different, wildly different uh, events is kind of surreal at this and it point never and looks also the same. nostalgic N- yeah it never looks the same no for me it's it would, if it were a person it would be three totally different persons <laughs> it would just be like a like a short fat white dude and a tall skinny black guy and then like an 
uh, like a beautiful Asian woman with long hair. <laughs> like it's just never the same, even remotely the same human being. I think it feels like siblings to me, like very different people, but oh no, but not similarities. for me. Because my feet, you know, my feelings dictate how uh-huh. I how I remember things. Yeah. So that's why they're so radically different yeah, for me. That makes sense. But you don't think like birthday, fortieth birthday. Back 40 doesn't feel the same-ish as Not at all. Rule of Three? Not oh. even. They are completely different trails to me. Oh. Completely different How trails. How are your feelings? Tell me about your feelings being different between those two. I think the one for my birthday was like, I was the most hungover I've ever been, and it was oh. raining. So I was like, I'm going to make the best of this. Got it. You had to pull up a little bit. A little. And then for Rule of Three, I was like, I feel great. I'm trained. My bike is cornering super tight. There's a thong up my ass. I'm filled with beer. I'm the, uh, the sun is fucking shining. I'm surrounded by people. I'm playing 80s music on my bike. I was full blown peaking for like 48 hours. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I was peaking. Yeah. Like four hits of ecstasy peaking. <laughs> <laughs> do you think it had to do with the four hits of ecstasy we did? No. <laughs> Just kidding. We didn't do it. That's like one of the few things we didn't do. Um, <laughs> uh, I think it was cool to get to the team challenge slash, slash aid station or whatever you call it, a bike race. And like, People were not trying to buzz in and out of there. Like, people were just, like, hanging out, which was so fucking fun and cool. Like, I think we were one of the fastest ones in and out of there, and Mm -hmm. we hung around to drink a beer. We're also sort of geared to being adventure racers and endurance racers so it's just in our nature to be like we, we and then get out of the ta get, yeah like get out now yeah. go get out of the but we weren't even like that i don't think no but like if we're out of there faster it's only because yeah. we've been trained to do so yeah and there were certainly uh two things that i thought were a big advantage for us as a team from adventure racing being predominantly adventure racers one was moving as a team Mm -hmm. like there was a lot of teams we saw that you could tell did not have much experience moving Mm -hmm. as a pack Mm -hmm. um and uh you know like you know one of their people being way ahead or way behind which i understand if you're not used to traveling at the same speed especially on a bike it's hard to know like how do we get up this hill at the same time how do we get down this hill at the same time sure uh and then the other thing was there was quite a few like uh not hike a bike, but there was quite a few sections where on the single track where you had to hop off to walk your bike some. And we're just really practiced at getting on and off our bikes, which sounds mm-hmm. kind of like silly, but like we we get on and off our bikes a lot yeah. during adventure yes. races. A lot. Yes. Um, And I feel like we almost like passed a few people in those sections we did. where we were getting on and off our bikes In the a whoop-de-woos. Lot. Every mm-hmm. time we hit the whoop-de-woos, people were just sat there in the trench doing yeah. fucking nothing with their dick in their hand. <laughs> like, and, not actually. Sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> that would be really weird race. Like, it was a party, but not that kind of party. Although it makes me want to, like, go with a dildo and have a dick in my hand at some point. That would be really and be funny. like, it's, it's a... I'm standing around with, with my, a dick dick, in my, hand. my dick in I my hand. I think that might just be a Lauren expression. I'm not yeah. sure if regular people yeah, do that. Yeah, I think. No, that's definitely a regular mm. expression. Um, Like, thumb up your ass. Okay. Dick in the hand. Good. Yeah. Okay. Dick in the hand is worth... Is that what they said? Uh, yeah. A dick in the hand is worth six, six birds. In the, six in the bush. <laughs> <laughs> Bushwhack. August 11th. <laughs> uh, okay. What was I going to say? Shoot. So we were cruising. Oh. I was going to say, a lot of the, like, pre-race hype was about how much, like, 
mechanical and tire carnage there is at rule of three and i definitely took that seriously yeah um it was wild though to go through sections of single track and to hit like the you know a bottom of a whoop-de-woo and there would just be like six people and three people dealing with a flat tire mm-hmm. that part was what that part was wild to yeah. be like oh it really is like handfuls of people at a time mm-hmm. just dealing with flat tires Oh my god! And I got a flat at one point and had to put in uh, stands in order, uh, extra stands in order to uh, seal the leaks. Um, I was super stoked about being able to do that fast because I can't put a tube in a tire to save my life in probably under two and a half hours. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got a flat before we even hit like ten miles, I think. But mm-hmm. but we were on the single track and just. Screaming, laughing, Screaming, playing music. Annie was riding single track with more agility than I've ever seen her ride. Just like t- taking risky corners and like just fucking bawling and like just throwing the bike around. And I feel like that was make. I was pretty far back and I was feeling like I was doing some good riding. Yeah. So if that has an indication of how good you were riding, I thought I was doing <laughs> great and I was far behind you. <laughs> It was really fun to be able – I feel like I have so much more agility when I'm on a rigid bike, on mm-hmm. a mountain bike trail, and I forgot how satisfying that can be because I feel like with, like, a full squish or even, you know, just front suspension, you kind of lose some of your control to the squish. Also, having such a lighter bike than usual yeah. was very freeing. Yeah. So it was just – I hate to use this word, but super nimble and, like, f- just fun to bop around. So we were just, and Amanda even, it doesn't matter what's going on because Amanda's in the in the woods on single track. It's like when Amanda, it's like candy. It's like a dog with a bone. It's like, I don't know how to explain it. If she It's is, like Amanda on a bike. <laughs> yes, exactly. When she sees single track, she's just like, guys, I'm so Like ha- Christmas morning. I'm so happy. <laughs> like she is nuts for it. Yeah. So we're all vibing. Strong. Yeah. And for miles, just miles, miles of just vibing and like high five and other teams and stuff. Everybody's hooting and hollering at each other, just having a fucking blast. And then we hit about eleven miles into the total race, and maybe eight or nine miles of single track. Uh, actually, I think it was like fifteen, eleven. No way. Yeah. I don't believe you. Okay. <laughs> Uh, let's say it was at least over 10. I think it was two hours in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was two hours in. I paused my watch at 11.4. Okay. Uh. That's when? That's when I came around a a corner and I was in the front, I was in the front of the team and I hit some soft rocks on the right side of the trail, like coming around a turn and my bike slid out from under me to the right and I fell to the left and uh I hit my left forearm and my left thigh really hard and my left bicep at some point. Yeah, I'm looking at that like how the fuck Yeah, I, like the <laughs> Those don't make any sense. Those that was two impacts. Boom boom. Uh, right. So still just like uh so anyways, and this sounds dumb, but the the rocks 
in Bentonville are very sharp. They're that very... doesn't sound dumb. They are factually yeah. like shale. Yeah. They are dangerously sharp. Yeah. So it was kind of like falling in a bowl of knives. Yeah. And I was, uh, <laughs> and I looked at my left forearm and I was like, oh, goodness. <laughs> and I thought, okay, my brain's not telling me that this hurts yet. I'm going to stop looking at it so that my brain does not start telling me that it does hurt. But I had like a ice cream scoops worth of flesh taken out of my uh-huh. left forearm and uh, Amanda came up behind me shortly after and I moved to get off the trail really quickly and got my bike off the trail because, you know, a bunch of racers were behind us and I was uh, calmly talking to Amanda and Amanda was like, yeah, it's really bad. And we... Uh, you walked towards me when I was getting off my bike, and your face was white as a sheet, and you said, it's not okay, I'm not okay, it's not okay, I'm not okay. And yeah. I was like, I've never heard you say that in my life. Yeah. Uh, so I, um, let's see, what happened next? What happened next was we tried to cover it with some of our sweatbands, Yeah. we couldn't get it over your arm to put pressure on it. And yeah. I think we're all a little squeamish about putting direct pressure onto it. Even though that's what you're supposed to do. It is, but there was just so much open tissue exposed. It was like, it wasn't just cut, it was exploded open. Yeah, it was really shredded open. And, and like, yeah, white tissue was coming out. Yeah. And there was blood everywhere. everywhere. Lots and lots of blood. We should have maybe put a disclaimer on this one. We should yeah. in the notes. Yeah. But I, we turn a kid. My, put a tourniquet on my bicep on the left with one of our sweatpants. That's after we got three medical professionals to assist us. No, we put the tourniquet on. Amanda and I did before anybody else helped us. Oh. That was done, I think, like soon after you got there, if not before. Oh. Um, uh, well, no. Yeah, because it, it was my headband, the pink one that you gave me. Hmm. Um, but, uh, and I know this because... All of them were like, you don't need a tourniquet. <laughs> they were? Yeah. So, but we had tourniqueted my arm because, again, blood was just plopping out. Yeah. And I was sitting on the side of the trail. And uh, luckily, the. So Lauren stayed with me. Amanda left pretty quickly to ride backwards to go to the last aid, the station. Last aid station to say, we need help. I called all of the numbers on the tag of the race bib none of those are technically emergency assistance numbers to be clear yeah but nobody answered any of the phone numbers yeah so i think this is maybe like a if need be it would have been a 911 scenario um and i uh at what point did amanda so she was gone for a while and in the intervening time mm-hmm. we got sue p who was a, a retired s- icu nurse or surgeon she said, I'm a surgeon. Okay. Yeah. She said, I'm a surgeon. I can help. I promise she's an ICU. She's a retired ICU nurse. Well, you had a surgeon in the mix. It's not like I fell down really hard and couldn't have known everything was going on. Sue P said she was a surgeon. Oh. Okay. Who knows? And then we had an, an EMS guy and a paramedic. Yes. And then a, a gentleman surgeon came. Hmm. So, there was a lot of high-level medical people, Yeah, when though, people which would stop, they would say, what do you need? And I said, a medical professional. And they'd be like, 
I am. <laughs> okay. It very much felt like before Expedition Ozarks when we were like- We needed a backpack and we yeah. like, we have four. <laughs> we need a pack. Do you want one of these four? It was like, I need a medical- need medical assistant and it was like do you want a surgeon or do you want to make sure that there's no scar you know it's just like (laughs) yeah there was a there were four so many medical professionals before us that we sent one of them away yeah so they got you covered up so that the bleeding had stopped and then we found these two guys maybe three guys two guys who were out on a recreational ride and they had like just started their mountain bike ride they had just um wrapped their semester of teaching both of them were professors at the university of wisconsin and they had just driven down and gotten there maybe the day before or that day and that was their first time setting out in the mountain bike trails they had maybe ridden a mile oh (laughs) jesus and uh they were like Okay, well, we just parked our car at this gravel road that you're just about to get to that was like, it was within sight of where I fell. And so uh, they said, okay, well, we have all of our stuff with us to be on this trip. So we're going to put, we're going to, my friend is just going to keep riding until I can come back. We're going to put your bike on top of the car. He... Uh, so I walked out after getting my bandage, my wound bandaged by medical professionals that happened to be racing the race. I walked out to their car. It was just me and the, one of the two guys, his name was Eric Compass. Thank you very much. He, (laughs) it was me and him in his car with his bike and my bike. Actually it was his friend's bike because his friend wanted to ride his Eric's doper mountain bike, which I think is hilarious. Um, but the two of us rode, he drove me 25 minutes to the nearest hospital. Wow. And uh, the whole time I'm like keeping my arm elevated, you know, and like I'm asking Eric all about like his two kids on the drive and saying thank you. Also, Eric happens to also be a climber in addition to being a mountain biker. He was wildlife. Uh, uh, certified mm. wildlife medical sort of mm-hmm. what's the name for that yeah emergency like wildlife emergency responder certified and yep. he, i was like thank you so much for doing this and he was like oh Wilder- wilderness wilderness and he was like i've definitely been driven to the hospital several times by strangers so it's just my time to pay it forward which was really mm. nice because i just can imagine like being like yeah it's like stoke time and then being like no it's not i'm gonna Take this strange woman in a hot pink leotard to the emergency room. Yeah. It was very, very cool of him. He took me to the emergency room. He said, I'm going to stay here until you get all checked in, which I was very much already at this point, which you'll continue to hear this duality in my whole experience of this trip. I was like, it. It's fine. You don't have to stay for me to get checked in. He's like, I'm going to stay until you get checked in. He's like, do you need anything? I was like, no. And he was like, do you have water in your water bottle? And I was like, no. He said, okay, I'm going to fill your water. He left. It was amazing. He left me with like a... He was like his backup bike lock. He locked up my bike outside of the hospital with his bike lock. He made sure that before he left, he said, okay, show me your hot, show me that you have the bike lock key because he didn't know if I had head stuff. So I like Uh held up the bike lock key. So we knew I wasn't going to be stuck there. Smart. And it wasn't until they like took me back to a check-in room that he took off. It was insanely nice. He took very good care of me. Mm. 
even when I was like, I don't need any more help, he gave it to me. Mm, that's really deeply kind. Yes. The, so, yeah. yeah. So, with me leaving with Eric, uh, we discussed pretty, like, quickly as a team what to do about you guys proceeding with the race. It didn't really make sense because you guys couldn't come with me. So you guys finished the race mm-hmm. and or proceeded to go on the race because I know, like I want you to tell that part of the story too, but man, that was hard. Yeah, you were you were being simultaneously the hardest and softest person I think for the next several days. Yeah, and I, it just was really hard to feel like this really shitty thing happened to me, and I don't want like. You know, the FOMO was really bad, and I knew it didn't make sense for you guys to go to the hospital and that you couldn't. There wasn't enough room, but at the same time, it was like, fuck, I, like, I'm by myself, and I also don't get to do the cool thing. This fucking blows. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was at the hospital, and I got 12 stitches in my arm, and I got a bruise on my thigh that was no shit the diameter of a basketball on my thigh and uh cut on my bicep that they it's not super glue it's something medical but they super glued <laughs> they it. super glued my arms to my bicep like cut because it was just like it, it was, was just deep yeah it was just really deep um and the yeah i had a i had like a lot of struggle was at the er too as far as like you know connecting with friends and stuff too to be like I need help, you know, I need emotional support. I don't want it. (laughs) It's hard to know what to do. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's where my race ended, which really sucked because I really was having a really good time and was racing really well. That sucks. I'm sorry, honey. Yeah. I'll talk a lot more about things that will make me cry as we continue. Okay. Deal. (laughs) I've been picked up twice when I've been badly injured. Once when I cut my vagina open during a road race and i with your vagina or your vulva oh excuse me my vulva thank was you was it your vul- i think maybe i thought it was mm, your vagina it was i mean i don't know how explicit to make this you guys have <laughs> already been warned there's no way there's kids in the car but yeah i i mean my my labia okay my yeah labia minora yeah got a, a several inch gash in it from falling in a bike race oh. and i soaked my kit with blood and had no way back because the moto pace followed the lead group. And um, I ended up getting picked up by strangers. And they made me ride in the back in the dog area because there was so much blood. <laughs> they didn't want it on their seats. Oh, I get yeah. it. And the other time was I fell when I was running alone at Mohican and I broke my finger again. <sighs> I broke my finger so many times. <laughs> Um, and it was so intensely painful that I was like screaming and thought I was going to puke. Like the worst feeling, like when your finger like goes into your hand. Was this your, your like ring, like your wedding finger? Yeah. When I broke my wedding finger for the second time. I feel like that's not what it's called, but wedding finger it is. (laughs) Your ring finger. Yeah. Your wedding finger. But you have two ring fingers. It was my wedding ring finger. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Which is why I didn't get to wear a wedding ring on my wedding day because I broke my fucking finger again. But I, I hitchhiked back to the trailhead, and they were like, you're fine. And I was like, I'm not fine. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't look fucked up. But anyway, so Amanda and I spent maybe a mile being like, is this right? What should we do? 
Is this right? And I was like, this is from what I know of Annie. And I don't know. I think I might reframe it now. But like I said, when Annie says something, she means it. So when she says she needs you, she needs you. And when she says she doesn't need you, she doesn't need you. Yeah. And so I was like, that's how she's always been with me. And I can always trust it. So I'm saying you've got to trust it. And she was like, okay. Yeah. It took a little while. So, And I don't know if I would revise that. Because like, even if I had wanted you guys with me, I think it would have... I don't know. I, I don't know what I... I don't know what I... I don't know what I actually wanted in that scenario. I still don't. Hmm. I well, wanted you to be there and can, and then also not be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do, should we drop the fucking Schrodinger's cat in here? <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's been like six years of that joke. Yeah. Um, it's like Schrodinger's cat. Oh, my God. You're both in the race and at the hospital. Uh-huh. So uh, we rode really hard and we rode well and we were doing a lot of heavy climbing. This is... From, oh, you should mention about the the course. Yeah, from 11 to 40 is just massive gravel hills. I mean, the map. <laughs> we didn't have a map. <laughs> <laughs> because I was navigating. We did not have a map of the course. So it was, I was thinking we would have to catch people so that we could follow them, which is what we did until I think there were maybe four miles left and we panicked because we... We're following this one guy who I feel confident he won't ever listen to this podcast. He was so fucking confused that he had the map and kept turning the wrong directions. And he looked like he was having heat stroke. I don't know if he was okay. We should not be following that guy. So we downloaded our own map, which barely worked, by the way. So we rode super hard. I was trying to catch a bunch of people. We stayed with this group, which I think included Supi and Mike and his girlfriend, I think April, when we rode with them for a while on and off. We did a eat a donut without your hands challenge, which was fun. And um, really hard, apparently. It was very difficult. You really can't get that thing in there. Also, because you guys are overachievers, you only needed to eat one per team, and you guys each ate, ate one. We're idiots. We just both really wanted the donut, to be honest. <laughs> so um, I would say at like mile 25, I was warmed up. I was feeling good. We were riding well, and I tasted the blood again and was like, oh, fuck. Fuck, I really like bike racing. I know, and you're much more inclined to taste the blood for competition at a bike race uh -huh. even than on foot. Yeah. Yeah, maybe equally, but yeah. Uh, at a 5K and a bike race, those two things. Mm -hmm. So, And I've never raced against men, so it was just kind of like, this fucking rules. And so I was racing hard, and... I, I, like, lost Amanda. And not because she can't keep up with me, because she was like, what are you doing? <laughs> she was just like, why? I also like that we spend months and months being like, Amanda, Amanda, calm down. Amanda, we know you love bikes, but don't, like, go, don't I go crazy. I cannot understand why she didn't chase me. She was just like, I was talking to somebody, man. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> and when she would catch me, she'd be like, did you see a cute boy? What happened? And I was like, no, Amanda, I am bicycle racing. <laughs> oh, that tendency, as I have as well, to be like, but I've changed my mind and I didn't tell you. Didn't you know? Oh, no, I told her. I said, we bike racing. Get on it. And I was like, fucking paceline. And she was like, we're just chilling, man. It's cool. <laughs> and then at some point, she saw a pug farm. <laughs> and if, if I just described the way Amanda feels about trails... And riding bikes on trails, double it. 
because that's how she feels about pugs. <laughs> I thought she, she told me she had tears in her eyes. She stopped, threw her bike down, ran over, picked up one of them. And I have a picture of her, of her just going like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so she wigged out of her pugs and I was like, get on the bike. It's a bike race. Let's fucking go. It's like, it's all cute and all these games are adorable, but we're fucking bike racing. So she got on the bike. We Our last challenge was to um, play a perfect game of cornhole. <laughs> I was like, this is all you, dog. And she was like, you fucking know it. Yeah. She did it in like 17 seconds. Yeah. No surprise there. So we chugged at least two or three more. We did at least three more shots and at least one more beer between oh, them and the Oh, well, not end. eating anything else or drinking water, We right? had no food at all. We did not eat food. We got three flats. We ate one donut. We had a beer and three shots. And that's how we finished 35 miles of gravel. It's bananas that we were okay at the end. I don't know how. With the cyclocross end. So... Don't steal it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay. Someone had said at the beginning of the race, you're going to love it. It's a cyclocross finish. And if you've never seen a cyclocross race, it's usually in like a big grassy meadow and there's a bunch of race tape that's attached to poles that are staked into the ground. Yeah. Have you ever seen horse jumping? It's like that. It's like horse jumping. (laughs) And there's like barriers that are like wooden and like maybe like a foot and a half high and you have to run over them while carrying the bike. I used to race cyclocross. And so we come into the finish after like a really dry, crispy meadow ride where the hundos are passing us, by the way. It's terrifying. And they only started an hour earlier. Started an hour earlier and 100 mile racers were finishing at the same time, passing us. So we get to the meadow of the finish. And when we had started the race in the morning, the cyclocross course wasn't there. It was just an empty field. And I see the tape and my heart rate goes to like 190. I was like, it's real. It's real. It's a real cyclocross course. (laughs) And Amanda, I'm not even, I'm not making sure she's with me because if Amanda can race with Max King, she can fucking take my wheel in a cyclocross course. (laughs) If she can race with literal pros, Olympians. Olympians, she can fucking keep me. So I was just like, we fucking doing this. We passed three teams in the meadow, one of which was an all women's team. And so she's just on my wheel. We're zooming in and out of these corners. We take a huge dip, come back up. She's still on our bike. We're fucking flying. We come around, and under this giant tent, there's cyclocross barriers. I I, I almost died from joy. I was just like, I know how to do this. I'm so excited. Uh, dismounted, got over the barriers, didn't even look back. And she go, she, Amanda had said to me later, like, I didn't know what to do. And if you hadn't done it, I would have had no clue. I need to understand because I didn't get to do this, and I need help understanding this. What's so hard about figuring out how to get over those things? The difficulty is that you don't want to slow down as you come into them. Okay, you want to take one foot off the pedals and ride the ride the left pedal or whatever your dominant side is or your non-dominant side. Ride the left pedal and then dismount from the bike while moving at speed okay and then you want to portage carry the bike while running okay and then quickly either there's two different styles of remounting and probably at this point since i've been in cyclocross probably many more you can either flying jump your crotch onto it or you're supposed to do one two three leg over okay one two three leg over okay and somehow amanda just got all of that in one day and it takes people like a whole season to learn that skill (laughs) 
I know it does seem bullseye. It does seem stupid that like it's a difficult thing to learn how to do, but to do to do it is I mean, you saw like a ton of people just stopped and freaked out or their bike yeah. caught or they the bike went flying or yeah. they fell. It was just really weird because I was like, I don't under I don't understand what the block is. But however, I will say I thought maybe the majority of the block was that people were cooked at the end of a they long were day. But yeah. So that was joyous. Um, and then we came across the line. Also, side note, I'm not saying there's nothing hard to that. It's like... Uh, I'm it's not, harder than it looks. Yeah, I'm not saying like, well, duh, Lauren, everybody knows that. Obviously, no one knows no one, that. I didn't see a single person do it well. So <laughs> I'm sure I just missed the pros, but no one was doing it well. Um, not to say that I did. I was just very stoked on it. So while Lauren and Amanda are doing the cyclocross finish... I'm wrapping up riding my bike from the ER to the back to the bike. <laughs> yeah, did you guys hear that? <laughs> Process that for a moment. Annie rode her bike back from the ER eight miles with stitches while putting pressure on her hands where blood could have shot out of her arm. <laughs> because I wasn't going to wait for an Uber that would take forever to get me back to the race. And again, I just continued to deal with this dichotomy of like, Wanting to just be pitiful and also wanting to be the hardest person ever. Well, boy. So I rode eight and a half miles feeling like I was going to freak out and also was going to scream while I w- about being so excited. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. You did seem fine, which I know that you were not. So we found Annie and Amanda and I immediately started chugging beer. Uh, As did I. And you started chugging beer. And basically, it's like a giant festival. Like, if you've ever been to a dead show, it's like Shakedown Street. It's just a line of vendors. And it, people are just milling about and talking and drinking and having fun. It is unlike a bike race. It's way more like an actual festival. I think it was probably the best post-race event of my life. Yeah. And I've done 400 races in my life. I've never... I cannot believe how fun this was. It was... Yeah, it was so fun that even with me being at the hospital, I was like, I can get down with this. This is great. So much, so much free beer. So much, uh, you got a Swag. bag with a burrito in it after you finish the, after you cross the finish line. You got patches, water bottles, coupons. There was a, a burrito. Swag. There was a taco bar. There, I don't like, know how I missed that. There was just like 190 pizzas. Yeah. It was insane. So then eventually award ceremony happened. And in those, some of those categories that we referred to earlier that had nothing to do with speed, our team ended up taking first place in two of those categories. <laughs> so one was the most picture, the most selfies with farm animals. And the other was the worst boo-boo. So it was me. I'm the one who went for the worst boo-boo. <laughs> uh, I kind of just like sat on, air quote, the stage and kind of just and spread on top of the podium. And as people approached to say that they were going to try and contend for worse boo-boo, I pulled up a picture of my fresh open wound before I'd gotten it stitched up and they turned around and they left. Some guy was walking towards the stage while taking an ace bandage off of his knee. And I went, look at the thing. And he goes, oh, Jesus, fuck. And like put the ace bandage back on his knee. He had like a scratch. I was like, (laughs) sir, no. Also, nobody else was in competition with us for most selfies with farm animals. So it ended up being a competition between me and Amanda. (laughs) And because Amanda does not care about worldly goods and is a truly righteous individual. You got a new pair of Oakley sunglasses. I fucking did. And I love them. 
They're dope. I bet. I got a free lifetime of Grax by Gloob. You were not stoked on that, but I think it's sweet. Yeah. Grax, make sure you send me my lube. Grax, put it in your cracks. <laughs> uh, so we stayed pretty long, and then we, I think we all thought we were going to party afterwards. We got back to town, and we're like, that's probably a bad idea. Did we? We went out to dinner, though. We did. So we went out to dinner, talked with a few other Rule of Three people, stopped into a weird bar to have a uh, oh. a shot where it seemed like every person in there was ready to become a sexual predator at a moment. It was just notice. a bar full of drunk white men, and they looked at us like <sighs> like fresh meat. It was what it was wild. I am generally not intimidated by such scenarios or don't notice that much, and it really was like we had dumped a bucket of chum into the water. It was terrifying. Also, wasn't it like nine thirty at night? It was nine thirty <laughs> at night. That was a weird vibe in there. It was. And yeah. the guy was trying to convince us to drink Malort, and I fucking know better. Because usually I'm like, you know, like the tattoo says, sure, like I'm down to clown. This is one of those things you can scratch off the fucking sure list. Yeah, Malort, I think is, I mean, that's been your running joke for years about like, don't do it. No, yeah. like I'd rather drink out of a toilet bowl than drink Malort. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to do that. Huh. Uh-huh. So... That was rule of three. So let's talk a little bit about unpacking your feelings afterwards, because I feel like it really has been kind of a critical shift oh. in the tectonic plates. Yeah, or something. We should also talk about the Monday night ride, <laughs> or the social ride, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, feelings, I mean, I think it's uh, it's kind of worth, I, I'll say putting in a nutshell kind of how the rest of the trip w- went for me, which was I did not get prescribed antibiotics in the emergency room, which was really weird. It's not that they forgot to. They chose to. Um, like, I I loved the doctor who stitched me up. I, I ended up learning everyone's names. We talked about everything. I felt very comfortable and very well taken care of, which considering the scenario says a lot. Um, but the doctor consciously made a decision not to prescribe me antibiotics, which was weird because I fell and cut into a pile of dirt. Um, mm-hmm. but And then went to a giant party. Yeah, so I, um, I ended up fighting an infection in hindsight and having like a off and on fever for the days. remaining days of the trip. And so like I would have times where I felt pretty normal air quote um physically and then would be the middle of the day and i'd just be like i've gotta bow out like i need to just like lay in bed or take a nap or i feel weird or i just feel out of it and it was really difficult because we're on this really fun trip for your birthday and i uh i needed care and also didn't want I didn't know what difference it would kind of make. So it was really hard to feel like, you know, it felt like a lot for me to say that I wasn't going to do things, let alone to say like, you know, because it's, you know, do I want you guys to stay and just be with me while I feel like shit and stare at the ceiling fan? I don't know that that makes a difference, Um, but maybe I did. Hmm. I, I don't know. So it felt like, if I asked you to stay, that wouldn't feel good. And you guys going didn't mm-hmm. feel good either. It just, none of it felt good. And so like between 
being sick, essentially, <laughs> like, you know, dealing with infection and stuff. And also, like, we were there to ride bikes. So, you know, you and Amanda went back out to ride bikes. And I was like, I can't get on. I can't get on trail right now. I'm mm -hmm. so spooked. Mm -hmm. And when we did the social ride, which is one of our favorite things, like, my arm was swollen from, like, up Ooh. past, like, above my elbow to my, past my wrist. Uh -huh. From using my arm and from, again, surely the infection. So, yeah. like, I just felt really, I just felt really tore up, like, the, the whole trip. Like, you know, I felt really spooked about falling. And not to mention, like, and I think, um, I think in particular, like, for our listeners, like, if you listen to this episode and the last two episodes, maybe even the last three episodes... What you're going to hear me say on three at least three different episodes is I'm so maxed out. <laughs> like, you know, last time I went to Bentonville, my van transmission exploded on the way there. Our stuff was stolen. This trip, I got 12 stitches. Like, I've, I've experienced, like, the last two months of being, of experiencing some really, like, crazy stress and feeling like I've already not been capable. So, like... You know, I think hearing these episodes, you know, even though they're rule of three and uh, Ozark was a month, a month apart, month and a half apart, like it's just I feel like my cortisol level has just kind of been redlining for that whole time. And I just felt that exponentially on this trip of like, I'm so overwhelmed that I cannot even I cannot even like come to the conclusion about what I need right now versus like vocalizing that and to feel like with you guys and also really lonely mm -hmm. was really hard, mm -hmm. you know? And like, um, yeah, just like the FOMO and just being like feeling fragile, which I'm not used to feeling fragile. Yeah. It sucked. Yeah. I'm yeah. So I'm sorry that that happened to you. Yeah. And like, we didn't know what to do, you know? I know. And we would have sat with you. I know. Because you would have felt scared if you went, sad if you made us stay. But, like, we would have stayed. I know. I, it's it's just, just an impossible situation. Yeah, and it makes me think about, like, I don't know, like, dating somebody or something. You're like, well, I don't want to spend all my time with them, but I do want them to be waiting by the phone for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. and not knowing, like, what what to do in that scenario, but... Yeah. So like, not to mention, you know, I had my experience of the trip also feeling like emotionally fucked up in addition to being physically fucked up. You know, I got home and, uh, like, you know, I, I wept, I wept a ton with, uh, calm toys while I was on the trip, you know, because I just felt like really upset and sad and scared. I cried with a person who's close to me as soon as I got I got home from the trip like openly and was just like I just need to be like held for a little like to feel like to the point where I just needed to be held by someone mm -hmm. yeah that that says a lot to me about how kind of dire it felt for yeah. me so um so all that not to mention like once I got home we got home Tuesday night I had to go back into urgent care on Thursday because I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure my arm's super infected. And they were like, yeah, it really is. We're going to give you 
IV antibiotics, and if we can't, um, then also give you prescriptions for antibiotics when you're home. And if you can't, if we, if this, and of course, not of course, but like the doctor delivered it in such a nonchalant way, they were like, and if we can't get this turned around in a day or two, like you'll need to check into the hospital. And I was just thinking, if I have to check into the fucking hospital after all of this again, because, you know, an asterisk for this too, like, uh, getting medical care is not affordable for anyone when you have insurance. So I was like, you know, I'm still kind of like feeling the change in my security from the van stuff and getting it like towed back home and everything. So like having this on top of that, just, it just really wigs me out, man. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, I feel this way and this happened, you know, this was three weeks ago and I still, I'm still just now kind of getting my feet back under me and feeling, not feeling like loud noises are scaring me, Mm -hmm. you know, like in in that, in that, you know, kind of metaphor. So, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah. So I, yeah, I have a lot of feelings about it. And like, um, you know, I think part of it too is feeling like, you know, I am kind of a different person. And also like, this is just a shit ton of shit that has happened to me these are two really big things like the experience before Ozark and having that stress before racing a five day race and this, and like kind of getting like, you know, my first for real stitches and fucking bleeding everywhere. And like, yeah, it just, it's just a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So yeah. Hmm. I'm sorry, baby. I'm sorry. You got a lot going on. It's very ouchy. I I hope to be there for you in the way that you need. Yeah. It's it's interesting to watch you change as a person over these many years that we have been friends to see you open up and be soft and be vulnerable in a way that was like really exciting for a while and you got to feel a lot of new things and new emotions and that was like really feeding you. But the byproduct of being so such an open person now is that when scary things happen, they'll hit you as hard as the joyful ones. And so you're just in a position now to feel feelings more than you have before. And it's not that you were not capable of like high highs and low lows before or really getting into your feelings it was like you kind of had muted them as some coping skills in the past and and it's it's interesting to watch you really feel those things and there is an instinct in me to like want to try to protect you or to like pad you from these feelings or to or also to just be like buck up Mm-hmm. Like either one of those things, but I I hope that I have avoided the either one of those instincts to either be like too soft or too hard on you to just I'm I'm hoping that I'm just here to let you feel your feelings and to be supportive of you in the way that feels right. But you are a much different person than I have known. Mm. I, I'm I'm excited for that, but I can also see how it can be a very raw place. Yeah. Yeah. I love you. Thanks, friend. Yeah. Ah. Uh.
Wow. We've really taken this podcast to a place where we talk as though no one is there. <laughs> yes, we have. And also, like, I feel like this episode kind of encapsulates what the rule of experience, the rule of three experience was. It was a lot of high highs and a lot of low yeah. lows. Like, yeah. And simultaneous, like, just to think that I was getting, like, stitches put in my body while you were eating a donut. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it is very, yeah. Those are very different experiences. Also, that we were like sitting in the middle of a a dope creek, drinking beers in the on the social ride on Monday, while my body was like raging with fever, fighting infection. All these things happened at the same time. I had a ton of fun on this trip. I had a ton of hard times on this yeah, trip. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just fuck. I still, I know it is shrouded in a weird mystery that seems to be trying to kill you, but I do love it there. Yeah, and just as like a side note, so I've been to Bentonville four times. The very, very first time I went, I got bit by a dog for the first time. The second time ended up being safe, which is crazy. Third time van transmission blew up. This fourth time I got 12 stitches. I'm pondering going back for my 40th birthday in November, but I legit, rational or not, I legit feel scared of what might happen. Or I feel like if I go and something dumb or hard, like scary and hard happens to me, I will be like, well, I can never come back. Well, you have an insurance policy on the next time, (laughs) which is fun, which is if something bad happens to Annie, Amanda and I have decided that we will go in on an expensive gift for yes, Annie. Yes, and Laura, too, actually. Oh, and So you Laura. get to split it three ways. So, yeah, okay. it should be very elaborate. Yeah, my jo- my joke was that it was going to be like a Gucci dress gown or something. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's your insurance policy on something bad happening. And also, next time, I think we're going to have to do, like, a lot of cleansing activities. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, although we've done some grounding activities there. I know. So, we're just going to have to smudge everything. We're going to smudge the whole we're just way gonna take drive out. like, a 12-foot-long sage bundle and put it in the back of a pickup truck light it on fire and then we're just gonna drive around the perimeter of bentonville we're just gonna smudge a city yeah but the good news is they don't have mosquitoes anymore yeah that's (laughs) perfect perfect yeah so one of the days that annie was have feeling her fevers and not feeling good enough to go out amanda and i had been day drinking (laughs) giant beers the size of our heads which you also came to. And she was like, I kind of want to go get that pug I saw on the course. <laughs> and I was like, I support it. So she called all of the people that would be inf- affected by that choice. And they were all like, yeah, do it. So we're about to walk out the door. And I was like, yeah, let's fucking go, man. And she's like, I can't do it. I don't think I can do it. I was like, all right, then we should go get tattoos. And she was like, I am also not going to get a tattoo. So she came with me to get a random tattoo. And uh, she went and took herself out for coffee and beer, and I got a quick hour-long tattoo, and we were out of there. (laughs) Also, again, because I just think it's important to add this, like, richness to this trip, all three of us went on a two-hour hike the day after the race, because it was part of Amanda's training plan, and got rowdy, like, on our two-hour hike. I faked that shot, and I threw it on the ground. I felt terrible that whole hike, but didn't want to ruin anyone's day. Why did you feel terrible? I was hungover and felt like crispy garbage i slept on the way back yeah i forgot about that i i I was dying inside so i felt great on the hike didn't fake my shot actually took my shot and then as we were driving home like it was like every day around the same time it was like 1 2 p.m my body would just like shut down like Mm -hmm. we grabbed food afterwards and i thought like i want to lay on the floor right now yeah (laughs) yeah 
<laughs> so yeah, God. just so many ups and downs being like, yeah, hike. And then just being like, I powered down now. And you being like, barf, I'm hungover. And like, I was dying. <laughs> that whole hike sucked for me. I wanted to die. I just didn't want to ruin anyone's day. I literally thought about going back by myself. I had to talk myself out of it six times. Whoa. Yeah, I was just kicking it. I know you were. I was just like, (laughs) that trail felt familiar to me, which is funny. Oh, yeah, because we did go on that trail. Because Hobbs. Oh, yeah. I was just like, bad, bad, no, bad, (laughs) PTSD. (sighs) What did we learn? I don't know. I think I think for me, my thing is just to not be afraid to ask for more help than I might need. Like, uh, I've actually been having a conversation about like, yeah, you know, in the same way that it's never bad to ask for extra lube when you're having sex, ask for extra lube. Like, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> cool. Oh, yeah, shit. that's what we learned. So I like I I like I like using that because it's like uh ain't no shame in that. So just being like I really have feelings about asking for more help than I might end up needing. Why do you have to keep raw dogging me? <laughs> I know I'm like, well, what if I don't need a whole lot of lube? What if I only need a little, but I ask for a lot? That's so wasteful. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, don't be ashamed to say, don't raw dog me. Yeah, like, and plus nobody God. ever, nobody ever. Who s- listens to this show anymore? <laughs> Who is listening no to the show? God, hello, Athens. <laughs> that's that's the only remaining. Hi. Hi, guys. Hello to the Vaginas team. Yeah. Thanks for still listening yeah. to us. If you listen to us, please just write us a letter saying, I need extra lube. <laughs> I your dad is our number one donor, and I hope to Christ he doesn't actually listen to this podcast. Well, it's my dad. I, dad, I hope you're listening. <laughs> it is your dad. He knows who the fuck you are. He does. My dad could handle it too. My mom would be like, "My goodness." My mom's never listened to this podcast. Oh, I don't think my sister or brother have either. I'm pretty sure my mom has. I think she would just kind of shake her head, but that would be the most. Yeah, yeah, barely. My sister would be like, "Gross, dumb." I mean, what's gross about IUDs, blood, blood. extra lube? Yeah. Yeah. Feelings. Oh, she wouldn't like any of it. Yeah. Uh, I learned that I still like bike racing, and I learned to put those foam things inside my tires. Oh, yeah. Although I don't think I can do that because it turns out Shiflet looked at my rims because I was going to buy some from him, and mm-hmm. I don't think my bike is set up to be tubeless at all. So what I learned is I have to bring three tubes and six CO2s next year. Yeah. So you'd have to get new wheels to go to. I'm not paying any more money to make this bike nice for a single race a year. Yeah. Although I might do Black Fork. Are you fucking kidding me? So, guys, I only laugh because this is absolutely one of those Lauren Craft, I will never, ever do that things. Also... Please note that if you do Black Fork next year, because we've already talked about we really want to do Expedition Ozark again. We really oh. want to do Rule of Three again. Yeah. Black Fork is... It's here, though. Yeah, but Black Fork was 
two weeks after Laura Ozark? Laura did it. I, yes, I know. But that does mean you will be doing a five-day race, a 50-mile gravel grinder on a, on a route that you continue to say that you hate, it's even really though it's hard. dope. It's really hard. That's a I don't know how you do that with such ease. Yeah. That. And- that and, course fucks me up, and I'm good at climbing. And rule of three. So that'd be three bonkers races in six weeks. You, you don't, should. Don't talk to me about what I can do. No. Oh, I didn't say can. I just said you should do it. I just think it's hilarious. I should know by now that the more you dig in on not doing something, the more likely you are to do it. <laughs> I'm a Gemini. <laughs> I hate it, and I love it. Don't even talk to me about it. It's my favorite. I have a problem. Yeah, it's wonderful. Thank you. It's part of what makes you you. Thank you for loving me. Yeah. Thank you for being there. Well, thanks for joining us on this journey of, it's not even ups and downs. It's simultaneous ups with downs and downs Mm -hmm. with ups. Downs with ups. I guess that's going to be the name of this podcast. This is the most I've ever cried on a fun trip, and it's one of the most fun times I've ever had at a race. Weird times. Until next time. We are. Burf <laughs>